I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, my word abides in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. We run a new members class twice a year here at Huntington Valley Presbyterian Church. And one of the things that I like to go over in that class are the different images uh, or metaphors that the Bible uses for the church and for church members. And there are a whole bunch of them offered in Scripture. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the church is described as the body of Christ, and we individually are organs or limbs of that body. In 1 John chapter 3, the church is described as the family of God, and we individually are sons and daughters of God. In 1 Peter chapter 2, the church is described as a building or a temple, and we individually are stones that compose that building. In John chapter 10, the church is described as the shepherd's flock, and we individually are sheep in that flock. And now, in John chapter 15, on the night of the Last Supper, sitting around the table with 11 disciples, Judas has already gone out into the darkness, Jesus describes the church as a grapevine with Himself as the main trunk, the rootstock, and we individually as the many canes or branches that grow up out of that trunk. I think that of all of the metaphors for the church, this one is my favorite. Of the five metaphors that I mentioned, this one first points to the living vital union between Christ and His church. And second, this one makes clear that the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ is not complete without us. I'm going to talk about those two points, and then we will turn our attention to a time of meditation about how we should respond to these truths. So let me begin by talking about our living vital union with Christ. Now, when I say vital union with Christ, I'm using a phrase Jonathan Edward used... I'm not sure if he coined the phrase, he might have, but I think it's a good one. By vital union, Edward means that our spiritual vitality, our spiritual life, our spiritual juice, our spiritual sap comes from being united with, connected with Christ. Here's what Edwards writes, quote, The union of the believer to Christ begins when his heart is drawn to Christ at conversion 
And after this drawing and joining of his heart with Christ, there is established a vital union with Christ whereby the believer becomes a living branch of the true vine, living by a transfer of the sap and vital juice of the stock and root to the branches, end quote. I am the vine, you are the branches, is what Jesus said. Apart from me, you can do nothing. A few years ago, I bought a grapevine, just a little cutting, it was in a plastic bag, and I planted it next to my house. We have a, a glassed-in side porch at our house, and on top of that porch is a kind of a terrace or a deck which is surrounded by an iron railing, and I've trained the grapevine to go up the side of my house and onto the iron railing so that in the summer our deck is entirely hidden from the street by a profusion of grape leaves and bunches of seedy grapes that the birds enjoy eating. The stock or the trunk of my grapevine where it comes up out of the ground is as thick as my arm and it's strong enough that you could use it to climb up to the second floor of my house. All summer long that trunk feeds the leaves and the fruit and the branches that turn my deck into a shady retreat. But if you were to cut that trunk, all of the shade would go away and all of the leaves would drop to the ground. That's the image that Jesus uses for us as the church. If we are not attached to the taproot, if we're not joined to the trunk of the vine, then we're just dead. Christ provides the sap of our spiritual lives. And if we're cut off from that sap, we quickly dry up. If we're not joined to Christ the vine, if we're not plugged into his juice, the power that he provides, then we quickly wither. No leaves, no greenery, no grapes. And Jesus says that the keeper of the vineyard will gather up the withered branches and throw them into a fire to be burned. Because that's all they're good for. Being connected to Christ keeps us alive spiritually, and when we are connected to Christ, when we have His sap flowing through us, we do produce the very fruit that God designed us to produce. Now let's be clear about that. God created humans, He designed us, and then He created us, and He created us with the intention that we would never be cut off from Him. So that means that we're not fully human if we are cut off from Christ We fail to realize our full human potential if we're not connected with Christ. But when we are connected with Christ, we do produce the fruits of the Christian life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Apostle Paul lists these in Galatians chapter 5. I think the list is representative rather than exhaustive. I think that these are all fruits of the Spirit, but there might be other ones as well. And when God created us, he intended for us, he designed us so that we would be producing this very kind of fruit. That's what we were made for. Now, I want to offer a sidebar comment here that might be surprising to some of you, but I think it needs to be said. So hold on for about two pages. While the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are produced in us when we are connected to the true vine, 
There are lots of kinds of church work that can be produced in us, by us, without us being connected to the true vine. Let me say that again. While the fruit of the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit are produced in us when we're connected with the true vine, there are lots of kinds of church work that can be produced by us without us being connected to the true vine. And so we have to be careful to not confuse church work with the fruit of the Spirit. Let me see if I can distinguish these for you. Church work is all of that stuff that you pay HVPC staff to do. Keeping our buildings clean and functioning, conducting Sunday school classes, producing worship bulletins and monthly newsletters, playing hymns on the organ, keeping a careful accounting of the money that's given to the church, rehearsing the choir and the praise band, visiting the sick in the hospital and shut-ins at home, writing and preaching sermons, attending to the needs of people who come knocking at our door. In addition to those kinds of church work, which happen regularly here at HVPC, there also are things like teaching at seminaries, writing Christian books, working in the mission field, composing hymns and spiritual songs. All those are kinds of church work that people get paid to do in the life of the church. And in addition to all of the paid kinds of church work, there is an even larger amount of volunteer work that goes into making any church function. Here at HVPC, the elders and the deacons and the small group leaders and the ushers and the musicians and the singers and a mighty army of helpful people do all kinds of things around here to make this place tick. Put all of those things together into a big box with a label, church work, things done by professionals, things done by volunteers, and recognize that all of that church work can be produced by us without us being connected to the true vine. I'm not saying that it should be. I'm saying that it can be. Not every sermon preached is the result of a preacher who is connected to the vine and receiving the sap of Jesus into his spirit. One can go to school and learn how to do these things, how to write and deliver a sermon. One could even do it really well and still not be connected with the true vine. It is possible to do church work through mere human skill. Now, having said that about preaching, which is my primary job, you can go down the list of other things that are involved in church work, things that keep a church ticking, both the professional and the volunteer uh, work. And in each case, it is possible to do that work from mere human skill rather than by Holy Spirit power. I'm not saying this to denigrate church work. But I'm saying it to let it be a warning to us, to those of us who really should be all of us, who were involved in one way or another in the work of the church. We can do our church work from human skill and human wisdom. But that's not where we want to be. And that's not how we want to live. In everything that we do, we want to produce the stuff of our lives, the work of our lives, not just with human skill and human wisdom, but as an adjunct and as an overflow of the fruit of the Spirit. As a preacher, I could write and preach a beautiful sermon, but if I'm not writing it and preaching it with love and joy, what good is it? 
As a deacon, I can visit the sick. But if I'm visiting without patience and kindness, I had better stay home. If I, as, if, as a staff person, I can lead the musicians or organize the Sunday school. But if I'm leading or organizing without goodness and faithfulness, it's best to leave that job to someone else. And as an elder, I can govern this church and plot its course into the future. But if I do that without gentleness and self-control, then I will do more harm than good. Yes, human skill and human wisdom are important, and thanks be to God for them. But when those are exercised without the fruits of the Spirit, then the work that we produce mm, is not worth so much. I trust that you know, which is always the case, that I'm preaching to myself. So I'm preaching to myself this morning when I say, let's stay connected To the true vine. Let's have the sap of the strength of Jesus constantly flowing into our spirits when we're busy doing our church work. So Jesus' image of the vine and the branches points to a living, vital union between Christ and his church. We've just talked about that aspect. But Jesus' image also makes clear, and I find this mind-blowing, that the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ is not complete Without us. It almost sounds heretical, but it's true. The incarnation of God in Jesus Christ is not complete without us. I think we can all see how we are incomplete without Jesus. Cut off from the rootstock, from the trunk of the vine, we branches quickly wither and die. We're unable to produce the fruit that we were designed to produce if we're not connected to Christ. But in the same way, The trunk of the grapevine, the rootstock of the vineyard, hasn't accomplished its purpose if there isn't a profusion of branches and leaves and grapes supported by its life-giving sap. Jesus isn't who he is supposed to be if he's not connected to us, his church. Dare I say it, Jesus needs us to be who he is supposed to be. Now, we shouldn't get cocky about this because... We remember what John the baptizer said in warning the Pharisees that God could raise up children of uh, Abraham out of the stones of the ground. If we won't be the branches of the vine of Christ, then he'll make some new branches out of stones. But there is a great and an important truth here. That God's purpose involves us. The grandest drama of all history is the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ. The creator of the universe enters into the universe. And he does it in order to redeem a special people for himself, the church. And so without us, without his church, without a fellowship of redeemed sinners, God's purposes are thwarted and the trunk of the vine is missing its crowning glory. I want you to think about that. I want you to mull that over every once in a while that God's purposes are not accomplished without you. That Christ isn't fully who he is supposed to be if you are missing. The incarnation of God in Jesus Christ is not complete without us. Let me talk about one more vinicultural metaphor that scripture gives us before we wrap up. And that is the vineyard. The Bible often describes the people of God as a vineyard. 
and I mean the Bible describes the people of God corporately, not as individuals, but altogether as a vineyard. In our reading from Isaiah chapter 5 and in our uh, call to worship from Psalm 80 this morning, these two readings almost look like a matched pair. A call and response, though I don't think that they were actually connected historically. In Isaiah 5, we hear God threatening Israel with a love song. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard is how it begins. And then God tells us how he loves his vineyard and how he established it on a fertile hill and how he planted it with the best vines, how he set it up with the best equipment. But instead of yielding sweet grapes, this vineyard grew wild and sour grapes. In spite of all of its cultivation, the fruit that God, the vineyard owner, had a right to expect did not come up. And the fact that the vineyard produced wild grapes rather than sweet grapes... Hints that there was some kind of unhelpful, maybe unholy cross-fertilization. That some outside influences got into the vineyard, got over the hedge and over the wall. And what should have been sweet grapes turned out to be sour. It's as if the vineyard, though rooted in the ground within a wall, was somehow unfaithful to God, the vineyard owner. And so the love song turns threatening. I will break down the wall. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed. The briars and the thorns shall grow up. God's vineyard, the house of Israel, the people of Judah have been unfruitful. Or more correctly, they have produced fruit, but it's been the wrong kind of fruit. Instead of producing justice and righteousness, they've produced bloodshed and an outcry. And so... The judgment of God comes upon them. That's the oracle of Isaiah chapter 5. Curiously, Psalm 80 reads like a prayer and a plea from this very vineyard during this time of judgment. Why have you broken down the walls? The psalmist asks God. And then he reminds God about his past love and his past favor. You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. And then the psalmist asks for restored favor and restored love. Look down from heaven and see. Have regard for this vine. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let let your face shine that we may be saved. We can think of the church corporately as as a whole, not as individuals. We can think of the church corporately as God's vineyard. And so the church should ask itself... Are we producing the fruit that God planted us to produce? Or has our fruit become cross-fertilized with outside influences? Instead of producing godly fruit, are we producing fruit that looks like what is growing wild outside of the wall of the vineyard? Is the gospel we preach a syncretistic hybrid of scripture plus pagan wisdom? The people of God, the children of Israel, the church, have always been a people set apart. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. God set apart for himself a special people to produce a special fruit so that we might be a blessing to all the people of the earth so that we might be a shining city set upon a hill. If we, the church, do not remain distinct and separate from the world, if we, the church, produce the same fruit inside the wall of the vineyard as is growing outside of the wall, then 
we don't do anyone any good. And we fail to fulfill God's purposes for us. In 1 Peter 2.9, we hear St. Peter talking to the church at large, to the vineyard. And he says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're not chosen so that we can be wonderful and blessed all by ourselves. We are chosen so that we can proclaim the excellencies of Christ and call other people into the light of God's grace. Okay, let me wrap this thing up. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Jesus says, as branches you cannot bear fruit. Uh, As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And so we need to ask ourselves, are we staying in Christ? Are we bearing godly fruit? And I mean in our ordinary everyday lives as well as in our church work. Do we feel the sap of Christ pulsing through our spiritual veins? Are we conscious of our connection with Him and see it producing in us a harvest of righteousness? Here's my advice to us, and again I'm preaching to myself. The next time you want to do something in the power of Christ, whether it's washing the dishes or going to a meeting of the session, the next time you want to do something in the power of Christ... Take a few moments to meditate on your living, vital union with Christ. Remind yourself that you're not only made by Christ, but that you've also been redeemed by Him, and that His Holy Spirit is inside of you. Be aware that your strength comes from Him, and that His purposes in the world involve you. Let yourself feel connected with Christ. Now, I don't know what that will feel like for you, but for me, those moments when I feel connected to Christ, my thinking becomes clearer and more focused, and I feel less anxious and less burdened. The glory of Christ becomes my goal, and the burden of solving every problem in the world through my own strength, well, that just goes away. And so I end up feeling more alert and more alive. I end up feeling lighter and more light-filled. This kind of focus and light, that for me is the experience of meditating on and chewing on the reality of God's presence in my life and my attachment to Him and my involvement in His purposes in this world. And So this week I would encourage you to take time to meditate on these great truths and to enjoy the great benefits that come from being united with Christ. He is the vine. And you are the branches. Amen.